Hey everybody, welcome to episode 132 of Making It. I'm Bob Claggett, here with Jimmy DeResta. Hey guys, how are you? Doing well. We also have David Picciuto. Hey guys, I'm doing well. Good. See, okay, Yeah. I haven't figured out how to do this, 132 episodes in, (laughs) and I start and say my name, and then I always kind of go back and forth between you. But when I say one of you, it sounds like I'm not going to say the other one. Mm. But I can't say, like, with Jimmy and David, because then you'll both at the same time go, hi, and then nobody will know who's supposed to talk next. And, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So well, I think you're doing yeah. a good job. You're, yeah, you're doing a fine job. I like, I, like, I like the game. It's like a 50-50 chance if <laughs> I'll hear yeah. my name first. And then I, I panic. I'm like, what if I have to go first? What am I going to say? And then when Jimmy goes first, food. yeah. And then when Jimmy goes first, it's a relief. So yeah, you got 13 uh. seconds to relax. Uh. <laughs> well, sometimes it's 13 seconds. Sometimes it's 13 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> I love That's you. Funny. I really do. Love you, guys. you know, it's funny. Nobody ever notices that when like one of the three of us have an emergency and the other two just keep blabbing, the the, the one minute finger goes up and someone just disappears for a little while. Yeah, that happens quite a bit. We do that yeah. quite seamlessly. Like, when yeah. you don't hear us talking, we're actually, like, <laughs> walking the dog or <laughs> dealing with the kids. Yeah, we're just taking turns. Taking turns handling emergencies in this one-hour window. <laughs> <laughs> well, long time no see, because three of us actually got to hang out this past weekend. That yeah. was awesome. Yeah, yeah Nashville was. was cool. Nashville was really cool. I, I, I'd been to Nashville once before, but I didn't take advantage of walking around and seeing the, all the live music. It was really cool. I, I really... Got a chance this time to like understand the city, and it was great. Nice. I didn't get to walk around as much as I would have liked to, but it was still great just to see everybody and and hang out. Yeah, yeah. it was cool. So, Very cool. Yeah. And we got our cool our album cover shot yeah. for our, uh, <laughs> our Beastie <laughs> our Boys of, cover album. Oh, yeah. line of notes. Yep, that was a good one. Yeah. Somebody somebody <laughs> took the photo and posterized it with the made it look like we had a gig coming up. Yeah, it was that was good. Yeah, that was, awesome. <laughs> that was funny. The, um, that was funny too how that shot you know like these like not saying this is a famous shot but it's funny when you like this two second things like we were walking on the street together and Bob goes while we're all together we should just do a quick shot of us the three of us while we're hanging out before we forget because we were going to go into like going back to the hotel and being lost in conversation and we for always forget yeah yes we and so I, I did the yeah. selfie I just held the camera up and we just said a couple funny things and I said, look left, look right, look down, look up. And I said, okay, now kiss. And then that's the funny one. That was the last one when we all laughed. You're a good director. I didn't expect you guys to laugh at that. And you both cracked up, and that's when I took the picture. I was getting ready to kiss Bob, and Bob didn't look like he wanted to be kissed. (laughs) I pulled away, man. Not into it, dude. We'll post the whole. We'll post the whole uh, the thumbnail spreadsheet. Remember in the old days when you take black black and white photography and you do the, the thumbnail page? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, right. Remember yeah. that? You don't get to see that. What as was much. the name for that? There's a name for that. Contact, Contact sheet. sheet. Contact sheet. That's yep. the word. Remember that? And you yep. grease pencil over like a pro when you're in art school. Mm-hmm. And you felt yeah. like a real art director, and you're like, "Yeah, I'm gonna crop it this big." And yeah. crap. This one's no good. Maybe this one. Crop it <laughs> yeah. here. Yeah, we did all that. Yeah. yeah. So we were all in Nashville for a, a Dewalt event. And it was basically just them showing off their tools, but we all got to hang out, which was really cool. Yeah. Um, and then, and then, and then, David came to my house. Yeah, which was cool. It was cool for me. Was it cool for you? It was fun. It was really cool. Kelly and I had a great time. You are a great host, and we got to see some cool, sort of once in a lifetime things. (laughs) Until six years from now, or seven years from now, or whatever. (laughs) But we watched hey, the eclipse. Yeah. Did, did before yeah. you guys uh, watched the eclipse, did you guys install a floor or two? No. <laughs> no, Bob did not put me to work, thank goodness. Change sure a wall, change a window frame. <laughs> yeah. No. yeah but it's have. looking good. It's coming along great. Well, thanks. And it looks like yeah. a ton of work. Yes, it is a ton of work. Jimmy, you missed out. I passed your neighborhood at about three in the morning on Saturday night driving home. So I cool. Apologize. Glad you didn't stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we left. We went to the the horse farm and went to go ride. Taylor wanted to go ride with a girlfriend at the house, and uh, we, we had. I, I didn't tell you guys because I don't want to be nervous. We had a little doggy emergency while we were there, so we kind of had to wait for the, the the animal hospital to be to give us mm. the okay and clear. 
yeah, the Yorkie, the Yorkie fell and banged his head, and he's okay. It was, he didn't have a problem, but I didn't want to say anything while we were there because I didn't want anybody to be like nervous or you know to be distracted by my little stupid situation. The Yorkie fell and banged his head at the farm, and we had to take him to the hospital. And he was okay ultimately. He's totally a hundred percent, but they didn't know if maybe he broke a rib or had like a brain mm. problem. But he's totally fine. So he had to stay at the animal hospital for twenty four hours in Nashville. And uh, I drove there, and I bring anywhere I go, I bring every animal and everything I own every time I travel somewhere. <laughs> so I had my pets and my girlfriend and all my machines with me. So. <laughs> every machine. You unloaded the shop yep. again into the truck. <laughs> no, so we, we the, the, the baby Yorkie had a little sitch, but he's totally fine now. He's sitting right here next to me sleeping. So that's nice. that was kind of what was on the back of my mind when we were there. We didn't know what, what that was going to lead to. But it was 100% fine. So good. Once we got the all okay, we we ended up taking out of town and getting back here, and because I had a lot of work to do, so I'm here working <laughs> now, back in the city. Nice. Well, back what have you been working on? I'm working on. I just posted on Instagram my next Lincoln video. is a bit artsy for my Lincoln series. It's a slab table that I bought in Oklahoma. Slab. It's like a, a crotch, a crotch of walnut that I bought, and I'm surrounding it with a three quarter inch thick band of steel. And I had to cut the bevel off. You know how when you get a slab table, it's got a, a bevel on it. So I literally cut the bevel off with a jigsaw so it had a perpendicular edge. And then I'm wrapping it with three quarter inch thick steel so it looks like the bark. And it's an experiment. Like I said, it's a bit artsy for that series because it's usually more practical stuff in that series. And they like the idea of me getting artsy and, and playing around. So uh, this, this morning consisted of me grinding for hours and mm. hours and hours welding and grinding just to kind of get the the height of all the little bits and pieces of steel to the height of the wood and when i'm done with this i'm going to go back and i'm going to grind for hours and hours <laughs> that makes bob giggle <laughs> and hours now it's coming out good i'm happy with it so that's uh it's it's like one of those it, it was like a venture into the darkness and not sure if i was going to see light at the end and and i did and now I'm, i i got m all of one side done i got to do the other side and then the crotch part area where it kind of curves and now i have a plan and i always say it when you start on something like this you you, you could section it off into different tasks and if there's multiple versions of the same task you start to to learn the way so by the end of it you're an expert and i'm halfway through that learning process and and I could totally see the next side being a lot easier because I just went through it. So even though it's going to be a lot of grinding, it'll be quicker and, and more to the point because I'll know mm. exactly where I'm going with it. Yep. So that's, that's gotcha. cool. Cool. David, what have you been up to um, other than traveling? <laughs> yeah. We, uh, we just got back from the other house where we were working on a couple of videos. I think much last week I mentioned... Um, an art piece i don't i can't remember if i talked about it or not where i took a knot and did like an andy warhol sliced it four times and yep. made a made a piece and that video should be out by the time you hear this and then there's a second art piece we made out of uh like a wormhole that created like a half of a heart we resold that and opened it up uh and that it's it's real big and it's really cool we put some velvet behind there and, and framed it just finished up that and then we were working on a table for our kitchen here that has a little drop leaf corner that's going to be a Brusso sponsored video and they've been awesome because I've been putting off this video for weeks and months and they've been putting up with with my delays thank goodness but life has been crazy but I really really excited about all three of these videos because they are some really cool pieces Hmm. Yeah, I saw the pictures of the first one you were talking about, with the uh, the split yeah. into four pieces. And it is super cool looking. Thank you, thank you. I like that a lot. And every time you say wormhole, I think of time travel. Just... <laughs> yeah, and uh, the, one of the advantages of having another person in the shop while we're filming is the uh, the, the four pieces. Originally, we were going to just use construction paper or colored paper that we got from Michaels, and that's how you change it up. And Eric, while we're filming, he's like, what if we use uh, paint chips or paint swatches from Home Depot? That way you can coordinate it with your room and make it same color or, or whatever. And I thought, that's a brilliant idea. So we went to Home Depot yeah. and grabbed a few, and you can swap it out. And just one of the, you could, somebody just throwing out, throwing out ideas at you is, 
can be pretty helpful in the shop. Yeah, that's awesome. That is cool. Um, well, I've been back to actually yesterday. You know, it was kind of Eclipse Day, and so we we hung out with David Kelly while they were there. And then after that, I got a little bit of stuff done, but I really haven't gotten back into the swing of things. But this morning, I started working on my office again. Got some sound insulation up in the ceiling, which is really cool. Got all the electrical done for it last week, and uh, ceiling is insulated. Unfortunately, I'm not in my office right now, and so I can hear everybody above me in the kitchen. <laughs> so any noise that you hear is not, uh, you know, hopefully won't be there when my office is finished. But So I've been working on that, and uh, all my lights that we talked about came in right before I left for Nashville. So they're all there in the shop waiting for me to install, which is cool. I'm excited about that. Um. And before we get to like what we were really going to talk about, I was listening to a podcast this morning, and it's one I've talked about before, Back to Work. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have still listened to that. I know David has at some point. Merlin Man. Um, yeah. And I haven't been listening to a lot of podcasts for the past few months. Um, not as many. Anyway, so I got back to that one today, and he talked about uh, an idea that was, how did he call it? Cognitive cognitive bottleneck that's what it was and so he was talking about it from the perspective of like feeling overwhelmed just like with your work and with your life and just all the different things and he i I can't even like explain all the stuff that he was talking about i'll link to the episode in the show notes if anybody wants to check it out but the thing that really hit me about this uh and this may apply to people who are maybe even trying to get started is like the point of what he was saying was that you have all these things in your brain that you feel like you should be doing or things that you know that you probably should get to, but you don't ever get to them. And the longer they go, the longer you don't get to them, the bigger they get in your brain and they become a bottleneck that stops you from doing other stuff. And so like the idea of being busy, if you think that you're busy all the time, then that means you're not willing to take on new things because in your mind you're busy, whether you actually are busy or not. You know, and it was really cool hearing him talk about it because I, I don't, I didn't apply it to the same stuff he was talking about, but I looked at my house and my shop and my office. Those are like the three big things I'm working on right now. So, and you know, in the house we have flooring to put down, we have rooms to paint, we have furniture to place, we have, there's a bunch of furniture I have to build for the house to make it usable. But, and I'm thinking like that stuff has to be done so my family can be in it, you know, and then I'm thinking... I really need an office so I can record podcasts without people rolling chairs right above my head. <laughs> but if I'm spend time in my office, then I can't spend time in the house. Oh yeah. Well, if I if I built a desk, I need that for my office too, but I can't do that because my shop doesn't have good enough lights for me to like make the videos the way that I want them. So I need to put the lights up. You know what I mean? It's like that like mm-hmm. I I've talked about this before. I can't do this until I do this and I can't do that one until I do this one. And so anyway, hearing him talk about it today just made me like kind of step back from all the stuff and say let me figure out what are the bottlenecks here. The office and the shop are the bottlenecks. So whether I end up making videos about those things or not, they have to be the first things to get done. So as of now, all of the house stuff is on hold until I have an office that I can sit down in, until I have a shop that I can shoot videos in. It doesn't mean they have to be finished, but they have to be usable. They have to do their job. And it just getting to that sentence right there was like, ah. <sighs> <laughs> Yeah. Like I'm removing a bottleneck and now I have like two two venues that I can be super productive on and I know that they're going to make everything else easier. Hmm. So, I don't know. I just wanted to throw that out there because it was it was like a helpful and I'm not even finished listening to that podcast yet. I was like halfway through it and No, it's it's it, very helpful when I when I sit down and think to myself, I have so many things to do and I think, okay, what is the very next thing that actually has to happen? Regardless, you know, what is the next most important deadline? And then I just focus on that and I try not to think about anything else. That's like when I drive with somebody and they navigate for me. I say to them, I go, please only tell me the next turn I have to make. Because mm. they'll go, make a left, then a right, then a left. And I'm like, please, please, just tell me the next big turn I have to make. And then when I do yeah. that and that's out of the way, tell me the next one after that. And so that's sometimes how I chip away my, my overwhelming list. It's like the very most important next thing. And then I don't think about anything else because I can't until that's out of the way. Mm, yeah so anyway i'll I'll put the a link to that episode if anybody wants to check it out it's a generally good show i mean they they're funny they cover a lot of like 
productivity stuff. Uh, and so it's like an interesting combination of just like easy listening, funny people, but also getting to the core of like why things are difficult or why things are busy or why things are whatever. Just know? just be aware. I've been listening to this podcast for a long time. Just be aware that sometimes it may take them like an hour to get into the topic. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I enjoy, I really enjoy the conversation that leads up to it. Yeah. Because they, they have a good chemistry together. They do. And there's a lot of inside jokes. Because, I mean, they're on like, I don't know, they're in like 400 episodes or some crazy, yeah. you know. Uh, so there's a lot of history there to their conversation. But, yeah, it's it's worthwhile for sure. Um, oh, wanted to throw out a couple of things before we like get into it as well. Uh, Maker Fair and New York. Yeah. September 23rd, 24th, I think are the dates. And they just posted today the schedule. And Jimmy, just so you know, you and I are doing a talk on Sunday the 24th. Okay. That's in New York. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll write this down. That's in I'll try to, my hand. I'll try to make it. That's in New York? Yeah, that's, that's in New York. York. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. where I am now, right? <laughs> yes, I think okay. so. It's a, it's in the big city part. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. I'm so uh um, now to get there on there. I'll I'll remind you closer to time, don't worry. <laughs> but yeah, we're gonna be giving a talk. I think it's just gonna be kind of like, you know, us talking about stuff. I I don't know. There's not like a really clear topic, I don't think, yet, but yeah, it's just uh, keeping creative or something. Anyway, when, we'll, we'll yeah. make up a good, better topic when we get down there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that'll be at Maker Faire, and uh, it's on Sunday afternoon at 1, I think. So I've posted about it in a couple different places, so get your tickets now if you want to do that. Oh, and also, that's on uh, the fair is on Saturday and Sunday. On that Thursday night beforehand, Matter Hackers and Ultimaker are putting together a 3D printer, 3D printing meetup somewhere i don't i think it's at a uh makerspace in new york i don't remember the yeah in new york i don't i don't remember the name of it but i'm giving i'm on like a panel that they're gonna actually have some talks and stuff at this meetup not just a hangout uh we're gonna talk about like practical uses for 3d printing and making it a practical tool rather than just like a a toy making thing so uh it's a free event but you know you should rsvp so they can get enough food and stuff but I'll put links to that as well. Anybody should come hang out there. And what else do we have? I committed to the thing in the UK. You did? Oh, cool. I did, yeah. All three of us did. Yeah, yeah. Make, make That's in May. Yeah. But, yes. Uh, Bob, you and I are also going to something in February, right? Bench, workbench yes. something or other? Yes. Uh, WorkbenchCon is in okay. Atlanta in... February, I think that sounds right. I don't know the exact dates for that, but it's like a, it's like a maker conference thing, and there's going to be a bunch of different uh, panel discussions and thing. I think we're talking about podcasts, maybe. Um, I got to write that with a super permanent marker because that's really far away. <laughs> it's pretty far away, but yeah. So there, that's coming up, and we'll have like a, a 15% off ticket URL that we can give you at some point. I don't think I have mine yet, but we'll have that. Um, and it, it sounds like it's going to be a pretty cool event. There'll be a lot of us, right? I'm there, and you, and uh, I know ben. like Chris Salamoni, uh, all the guys, the three guys from Modern Maker Podcast. So Chris, uh, Mike, and Ben Ueda, they're all going to be there. I just spoke to somebody at the Walt event that's going. I can't remember who. Were you guys in on that conversation? Somebody we were hanging out uh, with said they're going. Anyway, I don't know. Oh, um, Brad from Fix This Build That. We got to meet him. Oh, cool. Or I got to meet him for the first time in Nashville, and he's going to be there. So, yeah, a bunch of people are going to that. That's in February. And then there's this other thing in the UK called Maker Central, and it's in May, I think, early May. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, excuse me, May 5th and 6th? Yeah, that sounds about right. So, that's going to be in the UK. So, it's awesome. There's a bunch of people going to that one. A bunch of YouTube people, a bunch of awesome makers, and that'll be a great place for us all to get together in Europe or in, I know that's not technically Europe, but in that area. So people who are European and Great Britain-ish. <laughs> it's confusing. Uh, everybody that's across the pond should come to that one. It'd be really cool. That's in May. So we'll that, have more info that about that That actually takes place in Bristol? What, what was the name of the town? Right? I mean, don't. Birmingham, I, yeah. something with a B. Starts with starts with the B. All those <laughs> British places that start with a B. London, I don't know exactly where it 
And we're just offended. <laughs> yeah. People left and right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So anyway, there's there's events coming up uh, over the next. Birmingham. That, yeah. I don't Billingsville. Know. Billingsville. <laughs> the the England town. I'll look while we talk. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure you'll just look it up like on the way there. Probably. <laughs> you'll book a flight for that way, and then you'll get on the flight and try to figure out where you need to go. Um. So, I've talked for a long time. David, you talk. Alright, so it's my turn to talk. Our podcast topic this week comes from the slash r making it podcast Reddit. And Steve asked, how do you deal with so many people you've never met knowing so much about you and your personal lives? So that's what we're going to talk about today. I think uh, um, we have different approaches because some people have bit larger families than others. And I, I'll just start off by saying I don't mind showing too much of my life. Um, but Kelly doesn't always like to be on, on camera. And mm. it's just not her thing. I, uh, every once in a while, we're, we're, we're both in like, hey, we should go film something, and we do. Um, but... I'm not afraid to put too much out there. I don't like... I like some things to be a mystery, just because I think it's cool to be somewhat somewhat of a mystery. Mm. Yeah. Um, Do you have an example, or is would that give away a mystery? <laughs> uh, it won't be mysterious if I give it all away, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah um, you know, like... I... I don't really enjoy showing too much of my living space. Uh, I don't know, and I don't have a reason why I want to hide like what my living room looks like or this looks like. And so, typically, whenever I have like a living room project, like a coffee table or whatever, I'm usually doing close-up shots or mm. we're doing the stereo thing, and it's like a close-up <clears throat> of that. And maybe it's because. I'm rearranging things for camera and I don't want people to see that I move a bunch of stuff out of the way or I don't want people to see maybe how messy I am or just to, because here's what happens. Okay. Here's what I now know why I don't show too much because people will comment on that thing. And then instead of the thing that I want people to comment on, which is the project, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's a kind of two different things. There is like, you know, the, the original question was, um, what's it like for people to know so much about oh, us? Yeah. And I guess, but the response to that is they actually know what we let them know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so we are decided, I think, you know, how much we are actually giving away. So it's not really that weird from that perspective for me because everything that, well, not everything, most things that people know are things that I've given them. Now it is a little bit surprising sometimes when a random stranger comes up and you know, like it catches you off guard. Like I, so, okay, here's a funny example. Um, well, it's kind of related. So, several years ago, my dog had cancer. And so, we were we had just lost one dog to cancer, her brother. And so, we were trying to figure out how to deal with this. We, we drove two hours to Charleston, went to this cancer vet, talked to this surgeon, got this whole plan for surgery and all this stuff. And so, my head is totally in that, right? Like, I'm thinking... I want my dog to survive. Like, what's it going to take? You know, is she going to be okay? So then we go out of the thing. We're at the the counter and we're trying to book an appointment. And so I'm thinking about, well, how, you know, we have to drive two hours back over here to do the surgery. And then we have to like come back and pick her up after the thing. And I look up at the lady behind the counter and she says, my boyfriend loves your videos. <laughs> and I just looked at her and like straight in the eyes, like what? And it in that moment, my head was just somewhere else, you know, and I didn't even think like videos, what videos, what are you talking about? Who are you? What it, I didn't put it together that she was talking about videos that I make. And so I look like a total jerk. Cause I was just like, what? <laughs> and then it took me a second to be like, Oh, Oh, oh that's awesome. Thank you. You know? And then I got to talk to her a little bit about it, but it was really weird in that case for me to be in a place it wasn't like I was at a maker fair where I was expecting somebody to come up to me and you know say like 
make you got to make for it. Those are at least my people, right? Those are the people that I expect to like be into the same things and get excited about the same things. And just being at a doctor's office, it really caught me off guard. Um, and so it was a little weird to, and that's more about somebody, I guess, recognizing you, but it's the same kind of thing where like you look out into a crowded room, you know who you know, but it's weird <laughs> because there's a lot of people in that room that know who you are and you, you know, you can't reciprocate. Like, mm-hmm. you, don't, you don't know. I, that's, that's the part that I think gets me a little bit, uh, I have to think about. I think there's this, um, it's like when I see somebody that I watch on TV or YouTube or listen to on podcast or whatever, it does feel like you know them, you know that you understand their personality. And so when you go up to them, you just feel almost like your old friends and you want to have that conversation and that other person has no idea who I am and and there's that there's this a weird unbalance right there. Yeah. Yeah. And so I it's 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 extremely rare. It's only happened a couple of times where I've been recognized outside like a like a maker fair, so I haven't had that weird experience. Usually when I go to maker fairs, I'm expecting that and I embrace all of that. Like Mm-hmm. When I'm in when I'm in public, I want people to come up and say hello, and I want to talk shop and, and tips and all that. Yeah, you reminded me a couple of years ago. Well, a couple of years ago, this is over ten years ago. I was in Midtown and I was walking down the street, and Will Smith came walking right at me, and he was looking behind me, and but I thought he was looking at me, and I was like, "Oh, this this." I thought he was somebody I knew from hometown. I was like, "Oh, hey, dude, wait, I don't even know you. who are you. Why do I feel like I know you? I didn't." I didn't realize it was Will Smith till he walked past me and he was already behind me. I was like, oh, that was Will Smith. That wasn't anybody that I really know. But I just looked up and like my brain recognition said somebody you know. And I immediately equated it with somebody from hometown. I was like, because he does look like somebody I grew up with. So I immediately thought he was this kid. And I was like, wait, that's not him. But oh, wait. And all like in, hmm. in a three second interaction. So I kind of like said hi to him and he acknowledged me only because he probably happens all the time. But I was in the acknowledging. I was acknowledging somebody else, not Will yeah. Smith. It was a really funny, funny, weird, weird thing. But that would I mean, have been hilarious if you were like, "Hey, Jason," and he's like, "Oh man, come on, I'm Will Smith." <laughs> <laughs> no, he was like just like he was in between. He was right in front of the David Letterman Theater, in fact. So I don't hmm. know if he was ever David Letterman, but it was directly in front, like the doors right there. Um, yeah, I, it's it's funny for me. It's a, a, a funny story that I was thinking of. I, I don't know if I ever told the story on here, but we rent this house, the house that I have upstairs. We've rented through Airbnb, not so much anymore since I'm here more often, but uh, for the last four or five years I've been renting it. And then one particular, and Taylor is in charge, Taylor's face and name, they never know who I am. And that's only because Taylor's a better administrator than me. Me, I would be like, oh, wait, there's two people there at the same time. I'm sorry. Can somebody leave? Like, I'm the worst when it comes to that. So, <laughs> so I just have nothing to do with it. And Taylor's name is on the account and she gets the checks and whatever. And so anyway, see, she's like, these people set the fire alarm off at 1 o'clock. Then they set the fire alarm for 2 o'clock, and then it's like 4 o'clock in the morning. And I said, give me the phone. I called the phone. I was like, this is the owner of the house. This is Jimmy DiResta. I own this. And I was cursing between every word. What is going on there? Why does the smoke alarm keep going off? Because when the smoke alarm goes off, I get a phone call to my cell phone. And then uh, then I, I call. Anyway, they, Taylor kept following up, and they kept saying, oh, sorry, we're just baking. And, I, and now it's like 4 in the morning, and I go, what is going on there? And he goes, is this Jimmy, Jimmy DeResta from, from YouTube? I go, yes, we could talk about that in a minute. Tell me what <laughs> oh, the... Man. And, you know, like I said, F-bombs between everything is going on in my kitchen. Why does the smoke alarm keep going off? Oh, dude, it's, it, I, we're baking and, and I can't believe you're on the phone. I said, what is going... Why is my house keep going off? For? And uh, it turns out he knew me personally. He's like... Remember we met? I quoted on on a on a build for one of his for a bar that he owns in Brooklyn, but he 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 couldn't like break through my anger, and so he said the YouTube thing first. He's like, "You Jimmy from YouTube," and uh, anyway, it turns out I met I only met him briefly once or twice, and he and I said, "What is going on?" He's like, "Oh, we're baking cookies, and we keep setting like the debris in the bottom of the oven on fire." I was like, "Dude, I've rented the house probably about seventy five times, and you're the first people to set the stove on fire three times." And he's like, "Oh, I don't know, I don't know." Anyway, we argued about that. That was a different part yeah. of the story. But 
it was very funny when he said from YouTube, and I just said, we could talk about that in a minute. I want to know why my house keeps going on fire. <laughs> <laughs> but I get, rec- I get recognized uh, uh, a little bit here. It's like a total cross-section of weirdness. It's like I could walk in and to like a Home Depot, and right away somebody will say, hey, Jimmy DeResta, I love your YouTube videos. And, and I just it's always really like nice, and I'm so gracious, and people are also very gracious whenever I meet them. I, I was in a rest stop driving to Ohio, and I just there's like a bridge that goes over the highway. You get out at like one parking lot, and you cross to the to the rest stop across the highway. And I'm right in the middle, watching like 18 wheelers drive underneath me and taking pictures, and just kind of being a weirdo alone. And some guy walks up to me and goes, "He has like a big baby. He has a baby and a big papoose on his front." He goes, "Man, I watch your videos all the time." He was with his mother-in-law. He goes, "This is Jimmy. He does YouTube videos," and so it's the weirdest thing. I never know where it's going to be. But the like the first time that like I got like YouTube recognition outside of like any TV stuff, my buddy Ian was wearing a Duresta hat that I had just had made, and he was going through security somewhere I think in Minnesota or something, and and the uh, the security guy at the airport said, "Do you know Jimmy Duresta?" <laughs> <laughs> he goes, "In fact, I do. He just gave me this hat. I was just with him a couple of days ago," and he says. Where can I get one of those hats? And I hadn't oh, even been selling man. them yet. I only made like the first. That's 10. awesome. Yeah. So that was, a, and he called. He was so happy to tell me that the security guy knew who I was. Hmm. So mm. yeah, it's it's a weird cross section, and and like I've said it before, and, and and I'll say it again. It's like we're all on this like the fourth like conversation on a dating app, and like we know it's just a matter of time before we get together. All of us. It's gonna be good. <laughs> so it's it's because of this world, this community that we we're all a part of. When you just meet anybody, even even like walking through DeWalt the other day, it was a, it was a pleasant surprise because we're all there, and you know we we want DeWalt to give us free tools, and we want them to sponsor our videos, and and it's nice it's a nice pat on the back when you're talking, you're walking up, and the presenter, you're like, can I try that? And you're like using the nail gun or the grinder, and the presenter goes, I really like all your videos, I watch all of them. You know that's <laughs> that's super nice. That happened to me a couple times the other day, and then even one of the producers of the event. Did you see the guy sitting in the little tented in corral that were like in charge of the lights and the video? One of the guys saw me yeah. come close, and he like jumped up and like grabbed my sleeve. He's like, "Dude, I watch everything you do," and that, <laughs> that was very nice. And I said, "Are you you, are you just?" He's like, oh, "I'm just a local production company. We hired to do the lighting and stuff." Oh, so man. it's nice. I to, love every second of all that. It's so fun. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. And, and you know, it, it's, there have been times when, you know, people stop me and they, they say, you know, you've changed my life. And, and, and yeah. it's very touching. You know, they say, because of you, it's got me out of my comfort zone or got me out of my, it got me, you gave me the courage to do the next step. And when people say that to me in person, I just like, I just want to hug them and, and not let go. Yeah. It's so nice. So it's, it's really sweet. Now, what about like, as far as, you know, those people, knowing uh, does the familiarity let me ask the them hold on they're all right they're you... all right here let me ask them <laughs> what do you guys think about <laughs> he just has them all over to his they're, house they're the everywhere time. like <laughs> like do, does the familiarity ever like bug you or do you get tired of it or uh, some here's a, a weird thing is somebody will bring up Something I said, a joke or a tip or something I did 40 videos ago that they remember and I don't. And I'm like, mm. and that's always a weird thing. Like That happens every 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 time the podcast airs. Somebody likes <laughs> to me like a punchline to something I said in the And I'm like, <laughs> what are we talking about here? Remind me. What did I say? Give me some context. Like, oh, remember when yeah. you, you uh, did the, the, the one hour long commercial for Saw Stop? Remember that? I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great one. That's funny. It's never, it's never, it's never been uncomfortable because, like we mentioned earlier, I only put out there what I want people to know, right. and yeah. I, I want, I, I, I do this because I want people to feed, give me feedback, or tell me they like this, or, or just to get a response out of people. It's never been uncomfortable yeah. for me. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with that. I do think there's. For me, like I wrestle with the the perception that some people have of us. Mm. So I don't I don't even know how to say this, but like when we go to Maker Fair, it's it's usually like a really even group of people that are very intelligent and easy to talk to, and just you know like excited about what they're doing, excited about what they're seeing, and it's awesome. It's just like 
you know, people who are in the same place, like us and me and them, which is great. I've had a couple of times people come up and get uh, get a little like overworked because they enjoy my content. And I don't like that being transferred to me as in like I'm something special because I really want people to understand that like I, I'm just a dude making videos in my basement or my garage. That's that's the point. And that's not like me being like modest. That's the truth. That's just right. like <laughs> I'm just a dude, right? There's nothing special about me. And so I think the this like perception, you know, like when we were growing up, if you saw uh, David Hasselhoff, you know, you feel like that's Knight Rider, dude. He's a superhero dude from TV, right? That's Knight Don't Rider. Hassle <laughs> Don't hassle the Hoff. But like, you know, that in my mind, that doesn't apply to YouTube. Anybody can create a YouTube account. Anybody can put videos up. Uh, anybody can get good at it. I tell and so, people all the time, like they're like, "Oh man, so I really I, like what you do. I, t- I should do." It. I'm like, "Yeah, just start a YouTube account." Yeah. And I, I think that maybe because we've been through it, we started an account that started, you know, bad or whatever, and it got better and we are where we are. Maybe we have a different understanding of it than them. But I, it always like sets me off a little bit, like pushes me into an uncomfortable place when, uh, when someone acts like I am something special, mm-hmm. not just, not just like them. I just happened to put my stuff on a place, on a website that anybody can upload video to. <laughs> you well, you know, know, it's funny. It's really like no matter when we end up having a gathering, there's somebody there that has 10,000 subs, somebody that has 100 subs, somebody that's got a million. And I, it's it, to me, and it's easy for me to say because I'm over the million. I'm in the million club, me and Bob. It's, but it seems like it's totally, there's no, there's no hierarchy. Yeah. It's and there shouldn't be. Yeah, and but I'm saying like no matter like you know this weekend we hung out with lots of different YouTubers in various stages of their YouTube career, and I can always learn something from somebody always. And it's not like yeah. I'm better than them only because I've been at it long. I say I'm just been at it longer or whatever, you know. You, yeah. That's it. And I always tell everybody, you just need one or two viral videos, and all of a sudden your audience will start to grow a little bit quicker than it grows right now. And then you know you, it's all it takes. Or you have no yeah. viral videos like me. And you just keep pumping out video after video and slowly grow it. Yeah. Yep. That's yeah. it. I mean, I've never had any viral videos, I don't think. I mean, that's a kind of subjective term, I guess, but... Yeah. No, it's like you anyway, see on the news, they say viral video. It's been viewed over 65 times. 65,000 times. I blew the joke. <laughs> 65,000 times. You know, and that's not really a viral video. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. As far as, like, the original question, like, I... To me, I don't really get uncomfortable about people knowing stuff about me uh, because I do, you know, keep close to what I want to keep close and I'll put that stuff out there. Um, what makes me uncomfortable is this like misperception as to who we actually are, you know? Um, you know, another- because if you've, if you've spent any time with anybody who makes YouTube videos outside of YouTube, you know that they're just a person. <laughs> they're just a normal I do you know, think whatever. some people think I'm maybe a little bit more outgoing than when I am, you mm. know, because, you know, we're fun joking around all, a lot in the videos. And uh, the, the truth is, I like to just stay at home and watch television shows with my wife. Uh, yeah. But yeah, because I, I, me on camera, and I know you, Bob, try to be the same person in all situations and all places. I don't think I, I think I have a different look. Uh, I think I look at it in a different way. But me on camera is more of an exaggerated me, and I am. I have another person in the room that I'm bouncing things off of constantly. So I, I might act different when I'm in front of Eric than I would in front of my mom. You know, and so or at a, at a maker first. So I, I think you're seeing different versions of me. Mm-hmm. Yep, and that that's part of like the the you know even though I try to to be the same person everywhere, I mean part of presenting yourself whether it's like public speaking or on video or whatever there is an exaggeration there is a like uh an 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 enunciation of you that doesn't necessarily happen like when you're sitting on the couch with somebody like hanging out you know even on a podcast um, right yeah yeah absolutely. Somebody even said last week that um, that it sounds like in our after show that we do for Patreon supporters that it sounds like we relax 
Hmm. Yeah, I think so. Which is interesting because it's still recorded. It's still <laughs> something we put out to people. We actually put it out to people who pay, <laughs> which which should probably be better, not worse. But um, you know that that was kind of an interesting thing to hear because that wasn't intentional. That's not conscious. You guys, uh, this this chit chat just reminded me of a, a circumstance when I was doing my TV show Hammered. There was another show on the network. And we were kind of lumped in with the show. I'm not going to say the name of the guy, but he had an on-camera presence that was one way. And then off-camera, remember MySpace was out? We would like we would hang around. It kind of got out to the crew. Now, so there was like four or five different TV shows on at the same time on HGTV. And me and my brother were on one show in a block of, of programming. And this other guy, and we shared our, our shop. Sometimes the tools from his TV show would be in our place. It would say his name on the tools. And, and it... As time went on, we started realizing he had this whole persona outside of being on camera, which was kind of like a little bit more of like a rock and roll boy. And like he he would wear like shirts that said crude things on him and his his my my his friend page, MySpace or Friendster. It was all about that time. His page yeah. would have like crude imagery on it, like crude pictures of him with girls. And but on camera, he was this like wholesome kind of guy because of the network. And and I remember at one point, I, I was joking around at the time, I had just got in my house and I was playing around with a shotgun and I was using the shotgun and I was shooting stuff in the backyard. And one of the producers of my show came to me and said, I can't believe you're using guns on your on your, your Friendster page because, you know, this network does not tolerate. I'm like, it's a shotgun. I'm in the country. I mean, like, it's middle America. And, and I immediately, I'm like, what about his page? He's got like, hmm. crude, and, and I, they were, it got me in this like nervous space. And I immediately had to go and like scrub the video, get rid of this video that was on, it was either Facebook or MySpace or Friendster, I can't honestly remember. Um, but it, it, gave me, it gave me a little bit of a like, just be the same all the time if you're going to be a celebrity, so to speak. And I feel I'm exactly the same as I am on camera, as I am off camera. And I don't think to say anything rude, crude, anything that's going to get me in trouble. If I'm in public, I'm never going to say... Oh, look at look at the you know the bot on that girl. You know, I'm like I'm never going to be rude or sexist or racist or anything because that's not how I am. And I feel I could just always be open with everybody that I'm around and just be myself mm-hmm. because I'm never going to be one person at one point and somebody else some other time. Mm-hmm. But um, it reminded me that like that guy and needless to say, I'm not going to say his name. He's totally like admonished, gone from the TV world. I have no idea where he is. Nobody even knows where it happened to him. But he had this whole lifestyle outside of you know this wholesome pure tv guy hmm. but i could uh and, and it, it's risky you hang out with people and you let people take your picture and you do this and you do that so you know my policy is just to be you know kind-hearted to everybody all the time yeah and i mean and that's just my nature which is i'm happy to be able to say that's my nature and i don't drink <laughs> so i'm never going to get blacked out and stupid like I did mm. when I was a teenager. So and neither neither you guys ever do that. But you know, sometimes when you, you see like Hassel the Hoff, remember Hassel Hasselhoff was eating a hamburger, drunk, and his kids took his picture. Remember that? Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh yeah, he was he was drunk, and you know it's an embarrassing thing. So you know you just try to just stay even keeled all the time, and and you know you never it's you're never going to embarrass yourself. I guess it's yeah, you don't have anything to hide from, if, right? If you and I and honestly, yeah, there's nothing in my past that I have to be worried about. I've never been arrested. There's no mug shots of me, so <laughs> we can change that. Yeah, I did get arrested when I was like 17, but I was just detained. The cop just like handcuffed me to the bench and waited for my brother to come pick me up. Mm. I was drunk in public, but that was it. There you go. That was my only police interaction, <laughs> as far as I can remember. Well, I, I guess the other part of it um, of, you know, what I want people out there to know is, I guess, about the family. And you guys have, you know, family. You just don't have kids. So it's a similar thing. But I've kind of gone back and forth about that. Like, um, I know some other people who make videos and they intentionally keep their kids really far from camera. They don't say their kids' names if they do show them. They don't. Some of them don't show the girls because they don't want I don't know. They just don't want stuff to have to, to be dealt with later. Some of them don't care at all. And they show the kids and they call them by their names and they talk about their ages and they talk about what they're interested in. And, and I don't necessarily think that any of that is uh, right or wrong or, you know, in and of itself, good or bad. I mean, but I, I think that's where things start to, 
you know, I'm an adult. I can take care of myself. I can deal with the consequences of whatever I put out there. My wife is the same way. She's an adult. She's tough. She can deal with whatever she allows me to put, you know, into the, the videos and into like our, our online presence, the kids, I'm responsible for them. So even the choices that I make, I'm responsible for how it affects them. And that's a different thing like that. That's part of parenting. That's everything about parenting, but it has making made me several times like reevaluate, like, you know, they'll be in a video or I'll talk about their name on Instagram or something like that. And then I've, I'll think like, Hmm, like, is this going to be a, is some random person going to find my kid at some point at some event and be like, Oh, Hawk. Hey, I know you. And then Hawk's going to be like, Oh, well he knows my name. I must know this kid or this guy, you know? So there's certain things like that that make me kind of question whether I should uh, involve them at all or whether I should completely like hide them from the online presentation. So the way I've gone about it so far is that I, I don't want to hide them because, uh, one, it's my job to protect them. So that's on me either way, whether they're in on camera or not, but I want them to understand what I do and I want them to see what I do and be a part of what I do. And to me, the value of that, you know, within boundaries, is greater than the risk of them being out there and some bad person using that little bit of information that I put out there against us. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think like, in this world, everybody is, you know, everybody's their own brand manager at this point, even little kids. I mean, when your children get to a point, uh, if you let them have a social media presence, whether it's, you know, whatever's going to be next after Facebook, you know, by the time that they come of age. Everybody is going to be online. It's you know it's just the uh, the it's just the way it is. Actually, that reminds me of an interesting. Uh, I, I just started following Banksy on on Twitter. It might not even be him. It's just a Banksy fan page, and one of the quotes was, "He says I don't understand how people share their intimate moments online constantly. Don't people know that invisibility is a superpower?" And so <laughs> talking about his own personal. Yeah, so I, I dig Banksy for that. But the, um, yeah, it's everybody you know. I mean, the minute you meet somebody that you might end up doing business with or, you know, if you're a single guy, you meet somebody, the minute you're going to go and Google them and see who they are. Mm-hmm. You know, even like I said, the very least a business relationship. Oh, this guy's interested in doing a video with me. Let me go look at him. Well, this company wants to do it. Let me go look at this guy and make sure that he's not, this isn't his 50th job this year, you know, to see what kind of stability he has. So... Everybody's got an online presence, and and every child is going to live an entire life. Every child that's a child now is going to live an entire life online. Yeah, going yeah. forward, and so it, it's they're going to grow up savvy and and self conscious to that, you know, to what what comes with it. Yeah, I, I think you know with good guidance. Yeah, yeah, I think it's just more about like. Um, I think the concern at least is more about me putting them in a, in a position uh, that would be negative down the road now with, with good intention, you know, but doing something that would endanger them later or, you know, and I don't think that's, it's not a huge concern for me because I am pretty reserved about what I include them in and how I include them and stuff like that. But, you know, it's still a concern. Yeah. Uh, no, anytime I've seen your kids, Bob, it's always been good, lighthearted fun and, Showing yeah. like a you know a very positive creative environment, so yeah. But you know, I think uh, this entire thing, this whole topic, uh, you know, the three of us have relatively large social media uh, followings or whatever. But I think it applies to anybody. So if you start some sort of a, you know, start an Instagram account or you start a YouTube channel or whatever, and you put things out there at that point, you're deciding what you want people outside of your immediate personal group to be able to see of you. Like you're, you're deciding how to curate yourself out there and whether you think that's going to be a big deal or not, I think you have to be careful. I think you need to second guess, at least getting started, what, you know, like what you're projecting out, um, because things could get bigger than you expect. People could run into your accounts more than you expect. 
and kind of like what Jimmy was saying, like if you, you if you make good choices and you're not like uh, doing stuff you're going to be ashamed of, then you'll probably be all right. But I don't know. I, I think it's just easy for people to think like, oh, if I had a giant YouTube channel, that would be a concern. Well, you know, none of us started with giant YouTube channels. Yeah, it's we always a concern. You never want to be posting stuff. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a concern for everybody. So, you know, it's know. fun. You know, it's fun. Part of being, a, I guess you might want to say a social media celebrity is when you get the text message to your phone. It's like your request to change your password on your Google account. <laughs> your verification code. Get those every now and again. For Facebook, yeah. Google. I don't know. Do you guys get those? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, let me try and hack into Jimmy's account and put up a video. <laughs> it's like, everybody, uh, everybody gets the verification code. If you have like whatever it's called, the secondary or the second phase, you get a text message to your personal phone that says type. Every time I type into Google, if I sign into Google on somebody else's computer, I get a text message of the code I have to type in. So unless you have my phone, unless you're, you're right next to me trying to hack into my account. I mean, I assume it's impossible, but I know nothing is really. Nothing's impossible. (laughs) Cool. We got anything else on this? I think going back to your question of um, what do you like to keep mysterious, I couldn't really think of anything offhand. And now that I've had some time, I think one some of the things is I don't like to show uh, things that I might struggle with, like outside the shop things I have a hard time dealing with. What you know, life stuff. Hmm. That's something I don't want to show ever at least right now and because those are those are my personal things that i want to deal with and when you do put your problems out there you get too much feedback and there's too many everybody has a different way of dealing with stuff and i those are just things that i i don't want feedback on and i don't want to hear advice on you know yeah, yeah, some things just have to be dealt with on your own or with your family. It's that's important and that's true. When some people go on Facebook and say, "Oh, you know, I'm sad about this or that," mm-hmm. then you're opening yourself up to. I mean, maybe those people need need a certain level of attention that they don't they're unaware of. Maybe they'll get the help they need. But sometimes when people put it out there, and yeah, there's just too many opinions. You really just gotta kind of reel it in. Yeah, well, and I mean, like you, I don't know. For me, I voice things like that to people that I respect and like I value their input and so that's the source of of input that I'm going to be taking from people as a way to to fix things or get ideas how to improve things and when you do it you're getting all of these sources of input that are not vetted like you know crazy person one and crazy person two have different opinions along with sane person one (laughs) you know you take all three of those things at the same time and that it's not really helpful but yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, there's part of me that likes to, because I've found local community, uh, you know, friends that are really helpful and really supportive. There's part of me that likes to be able to share when I'm struggling with something or when I'm having a hard time because it helps people identify. Uh, you know, and so if I can say that I'm having a hard time with this, then somebody else probably is too. And maybe they won't feel quite so alone and that that's not always going to be the case. And that's not always going to make sense. But I think there is in certain situations, something to be said for, you know, showing some vulnerability, uh, for the sake of like, you know, giving somebody else like a a little, I'm there too. Yeah. Everything will be okay. You know, but Mm -hmm. that's not for everything, of course. Yep. No, I get because I've shared the fact that I'm sober. I get a lot of people asking me advice, you know, about hmm. about their own personal sobriety or whatever it is, whether it's drugs or alcohol. And I, I'm I am so more than happy to help anybody that reaches out to me. I mean, I'm no expert, but I can give anybody my own personal experience, and hopefully that inspire people who are having problems. So yeah. I'm more than happy to share Which is amazing. Like, if you think about that, that right there, just that sentence, Mm -hmm. the fact that you have the platform that you have online, the size and the reach, to be able to help, if nothing else, to be able to help those people get that bit of information, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. That's so awesome. It it, it really is. I mean, when when people write to me and, you know, I, I... I've I've actually counseled a couple people either either through one email or through few, and you know I hear back from them and you know they've had some success in one way or another. Mm. It's very touching. It's it's really rewarding. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, there's definitely good you know good parts about uh, putting some of yourself out there, even if 
people do know a lot about you. <laughs> For sure. Like I said, just don't do anything stupid. Just don't wear the lampshade on your head at the party and let everybody take your picture. You'll be all right. Yeah. Or or do and just expect the blowback from that. <laughs> I mean, it's when it's however you want to be portrayed. You know, who was just re- arrested recently? Was it Chyla Shyla Booth? He was arrested recently, like yelling at police in handcuffs for, in like, Savannah. Twenty five minutes, just, like babbling yeah. on to the police. Yeah, I just missed him. He was in Savannah filming something. You, should, you could have arrested him. You could have saved him from his own fate. <laughs> Threw a bucket of water on him before he started babbling in the hotel lobby. <laughs> All right. Well, and isn't it um, funny? Then, then it would have been YouTube star Bob Claggett gets arrested for throwing a bucket of water on Charlotte. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and that would have just ruined my entire career. <laughs> <laughs> uh, meanwhile, you saved his ass. Yeah. <laughs> um. What have you been watching? Anything cool? Yes. So, listener John sent me this link. And said, share this with Jimmy and Bob. And the video Ooh. is called Rubik's Cube Mosaics. Have you guys seen this? Oh, wait a minute. I, Who is it by? I've, You're, uh, I've seen things like it, but... Okay, it is by... What is this guy's channel? Fig Boot on pens? I think he might be a pen turner. Um, but this is going to blow your mind. He takes 600 Rubik's Cubes and configures them in a certain way and then makes these mosaics out of them. Mm. And it's, awesome. it's pretty darn incredible. Sweet. I'm just quick search in my. Um, there is a fan, and and if I can't figure his name out right now, it's damn, it's not coming up in my feed. It, his name escapes me because it's totally caught off guard. Um, and email me if you're listening, and next week I'll make sure I shine a light on you. There's a fan, and he has a great YouTube channel. And he did I did I not talk about? I don't think I talked about this. He makes all kinds of custom Rubik's cubes. Oh, In- incredible! Really? Like all like it's got like a thousand squares on both sides. I don't even understand how it works. Like I don't even, like how do you know how to do this? Boggles my mind. I can't even. Like, next week I promise I'll I'll have my homework done. I didn't expect you to talk about that, so that's why hmm. I wasn't prepared. Huh. I was going to talk about Dude Perfect, the guys that throw things through windows and stuff really easily. <laughs> yes. This YouTube guy, this Rubik's Cube guy is so much better than that. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys watch Dude Perfect? The guys that like throw a ball over their shoulder and it goes like through a dog's mouth and through like a baby's like eardrum <laughs> and bounces off of something and lands directly mm. like I don't remember on a beer that ball. one in particular. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that was the newest a one. Slight exaggeration. That was the newest but... one. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, they like throw things over their shoulder. They're like, hey, how about a marble into a bottle? And they like throw it like 100 yards and it lands blink right into a bottle. <laughs> I would love to see the outtakes from that channel. That should be, dude, not perfect. That should be their second channel. <laughs> I think they got <laughs> All the attempts. big enough to be in a, they were in a commercial a while back. Yeah, they've done a few. Have they? I'll tell you one thing though, and I don't know, this goes to branding and personalities. I've watched those guys. I must, I mean, me and Jocko were talking about them recently about how successful that channel is i've watched those guys probably i must have watched maybe 20 videos of theirs maybe and it wasn't until i was on like like the 15th video that i realized they were all the same guys i thought Hmm. it was just a different group of five guys every single time Uh, hmm. there's something about the way it's filmed the fast-paced nature of it I really was watching. And I thought to myself, "Where do they find so many skilled guys that could throw balls and frisbees into stuff?" There's like it's like a hundred guys so far I've watched that could do just toss a frisbee into a dog's mouth or whatever. It's the same six guys. I had it, the, the fact that it's a crew and it totally went over my head. And now I don't. Is that me or is that their presentation? Hmm. I don't. You understand what I'm saying? It's like you know yeah, they're yeah, trying yeah. to create a well, crew I mean, personality crew. It just went directly over my head. Well, yeah. I mean, if you don't watch a ton of them, or you're not like a regular, you know, yeah. you see you see the feat that they're doing, and you're right. like, "What?" I guess and you don't even think right. about yeah. the fact that a person did that. You know, right. you're just yeah. yeah, one of a hundred guys. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That's probably it. Hmm. Awesome. Um, let's see. I completely blanked on what mine was. I love how well. This this is what the after show is like. If you are curious on what goes on in the after show. <laughs> Uh, but we talk about things like this. Like, I love how we all try and scramble to find our pick of the week at the very last second. Like, right before we hit record, there's keyboard sounds and people flipping through their YouTube history. And, yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> and, um, and whenever I'm doing like a video, we'll start because I'm looking for something I watched two days ago. <laughs> right. That happens pretty often. Yes. Um, <clears throat> so I'm going to do two. One is the podcast that I was talking about, the Back to Work. Because um, it's a good podcast all over, but that particular episode is also a good one. And there's, you know, you would never be able to catch up on all the episodes, but it's it's a good one. It's fun. The other thing is, have you ever heard of the band Royal Blood? Mm-hmm. I've They're good. Yeah. They're really good. And they have a, an album that came out that apparently it's been out since um, like June, and I didn't know that. So I'm a little bummed, but I'm excited because it's really good. And then there was another band that had an album out. Led Zeppelin? Who was that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Led Zeppelin's got a new album out. Um, I don't know. I'll remember it for next week. But there's another band that had one out at the beginning of the summer that I didn't know about either. So I got new music. Anyway, but I'll link to the Royal Blood. It's like good rock stuff. Two piece, so. right? Oh, Pachuto. Yep. Before I, when I was when yep. when we were when we were away just recently, uh, your buddy Matt was so funny. Oh, he reminded me. <laughs> he was such a funny dude. He. He reminded me, I told Kelly, I'm going to send you guys audio of a group called the Catfish Hunters. Now, if anybody out there is listening knows the Catfish Hunters, they were a group in Austin, and they're probably, I guess they're probably my age. And a friend gave me one album, and I listened to it over and over and over again. It's such a great album. And it reminded me of your friend, so I owe huh. you a Dropbox of their album so you could play it for him or Kelly. Okay. Anyway, hmm. it's just the vibe of, of him reminded yeah. me of the vibe of the singer of this group. He's Maybe a good has dude. nothing Super to do with passionate. one another. Yeah. Oh no, I know he was. He was. I mean, he's a true artist. I could tell. Definitely, yeah. it, was, it was fun talking to him. Catfish Hunter, the, the Catfish Hunters. That has to be a play on the the baseball name Catfish Hunter. I'm assuming. Perhaps, yeah, because he's a New Yorker that lived in Austin hmm. as a, as a you know singer songwriter, <clears throat> the lead singer of the band whose name I don't know. Hmm. Hmm. Sweet. Anyway. Um, well. In the after show, I'm going to tell you about a new tool that I just bought. Yes. But right now, we're going to thank our Patreon supporters, especially Make, Build, Modify, Torbal Theory. Sorry if I'm saying that wrong. I'm probably sure I am. Works by Solo, Chris Burton, Keith Decent, Ashley Stilson, Malton Make, Corey Ward, Evan and Caitlin, Jedediah Schultz, and Wise Old Dow. Thank you. You guys, guys are all awesome. Um, everybody who supports us over there, thank you very, very much. You guys are fantastic. I tried to convince David to set a ridiculously high Patreon goal so that he can eat a taco. <laughs> Have we talked about this on the show <laughs> before? <laughs> show, no. Oh, oh, well, sorry. I just broke it. The news then. Uh, see? Dave, Dave's never secrets. had a taco. <gasps> <laughs> I've never had and a taco. Choco taco is the best thing in the world. You get it from the ice cream. Well, and the that's choco that's taco. not a real taco. I've, yeah, I've had a choco taco. Yeah. I've never oh. had a real taco in my entire life. Now is that is that like a texture thing? Like the way I haven't eaten a tomato in my life? Is, no. What? Wait, for what? real? Tomatoes? Who likes tomatoes? People like tomatoes. You don't like? You've never had a tomato, or not in a long time? I've eaten a tomato when I've been poisoned by the cook. I personally don't <laughs> choose to eat a tomato. Oh, if wow. I mean, if I if I realize I've eaten a tomato, I have to go take a nap and you know go to the bathroom, <laughs> get rid of it. But. <laughs> Wow. No, personally, I don't like tomatoes. I don't, it's a texture thing. Yeah. I just And it annoys me. I jokingly... Uh, you'll see a feed a long time ago on my Instagram. I, I said, why in the world does every single sandwich have to have a mandatory tomato on it? Who is the tomato lobby guy that makes sure every <laughs> single sandwich automatically has a tomato on it? Uh, why a, can't it be added like mustard? <laughs> I don't put anything on my food i like my food as is so when i get a cheeseburger <laughs> it is meat and cheese there's nothing else on it i don't want ketchup or mustard or tomato or lettuce or any other junk it's about the cheese and it's about the meat when i eat a hot dog i will eat just a hot dog i may put ketchup on it yes i put ketchup on a hot dog and not mustard no relish but, none of that stuff but you know hot dogs don't come out of the ground with like a bun on them right I hey, I don't know where they come from. I just know where they're going. They come from hot dog yeah. trees. That's where they come and, from. And the taco thing is, I've never, uh, I've, I, as a kid, I was never served tacos for dinner. Hmm. And when tacos were made, <laughs> Jimmy's, Jimmy's loving this. I just picture you sitting at a giant table as like a little brat with a knife and a fork in your hand, and you just like served stuff. <laughs> okay. Now I'm 15. I've never been served a taco. I shall never eat one. Well, well, 
it, so we were never forced to eat anything we didn't want. If we didn't want what what the my mom and stepdad were making, we had to eat peanut butter and jelly or didn't eat it at all. And mm. and when I did smell tacos, I did never really like the taco seasoning. And then I became an adult. I never really realized that other people all have had tacos. And like you know, when I was thirty some years old, I, I mentioned that, and somebody's like. You've never had a taco? That's super weird. And so now <laughs> I just hold on to it just so I can say I've never had a taco. That sounds like a good yeah. song and the inspiration for a song. I've never had a taco. I've never had a taco. <laughs> there's a, there's I a, can there, hear the drum a... beat starting. That's how the song starts. You just whisper, I've never had a taco. Never and then like a, a little drum like on a cymbal and a, and a hi-hat starts. <laughs> <laughs> Work on it. There's a, there's a great Beck song from one his very first album before he was big called Satan Gave Me a Taco and it made him real sick and I think I relate to it. <laughs> the first time I ever ate Mexican food was when I was in high school. I was in LA to visit my brother who was in the Marine Corps and he said right away, he goes, oh, let's go have Mexican food. You never ate Mexican food in New York. I know that is what he said to me. And well, at the time I had only lived on Long Island so I didn't really get out in the world and we went and, and I from that moment on Mexican food has been some of my favorite Hmm. There you yeah. Go. Hmm. Well, El Torito. Anyway. El Torito. I, it's it's like it's like the McDonald's of Mexican food. <laughs> that was <laughs> the first time I ever ate Mexican food at an El Torito. It's nice. like it's like a Pizza Hut for Mexican food in California. <laughs> I've since had authentic. Ah. Uh, well, I was trying to get David to to set a really high uh, Patreon goal. But I didn't push him that hard because I didn't think he'd do it. So. I'll eat one for five thousand dollars. I will five thousand dollars. I I want one of my videos sponsored by a taco, not a taco company, just a taco. Like today's video <laughs> is sponsored by, and I hold up this taco, and somebody pays me five thousand dollars, and I'll just eat it at the end of the video. That's the plan. Okay, Dave, it's, I'm gonna blow your mind. I'm gonna blow your mind. Do you right. know that a hot dog is just a different shaped taco with fluffier bread? No, <laughs> no. That's all it is. Jimmy, you're 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 pulling a fast one on me. <laughs> he just crossed hot dogs off. I can see he's just he's just like yep, no more hot, hot dogs, dogs. just in case, <laughs> just in case. All right. Well, anyway, thanks to our Patreon supporters. You guys are awesome. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Think that's it for this week. We'll see you next time. Later. Man, I I honestly really really love tacos. <laughs>